we're talking about right now is the first half of this, the letting go part. Okay, we've been in this for a couple weeks now. We got one more message, one more sermon that is probably going to take us this week and next week, I think, uh, to get through. But then we'll be done with the let go part and we're going to move on to the, the let God part. But what we're, we're struggling with, I hope you're wrestling with me on this idea of letting go. Okay, and it begins by, by getting unstuck. Okay. The only way we let go is by getting unstuck. The only way we can move with God and, and, and look, go forward with God is by first getting out of some of the patterns and some of the ruts and some of the mud that we are in individually as people because we all get stuck and as a church because we all begin to cling to things and letting go of those things and moving forward with God. And so we're spending quite a bit of time on this and, and I hope that's okay because I'm looking at this as a decade, right? The next 10 years. And, uh, and, and if you think about it, you don't get stuck overnight. It takes time to get stuck. It takes days and months. And it's kind of like the frog boiling in a pot, right? It doesn't happen quickly. It happens slowly. And so we're not going to get unstuck with, a, with a, like a, a, a McDonald's kind of message, a, a fast food sermon. It ain't going to happen. It's going to happen when we, for a period of time, think about our life and evaluate where we are and where we want to go and what God wants to do and what God's established for us to do and then wrapping our mind around where we are and like, how do I get out of the mud and, and areas of my life that I might be stuck in and move forward with God. So we're talking about letting go. And i got to admit, it's, it's, it's going to be hard. This is hard stuff to deal with. You might feel like this. Okay? Everybody, anybody ever play that game? Rock'em, suck'em, robots? Yes? Sam? Okay. Good. I knew Sam had to, right? That's how you got into karate. Right? Oh, okay. <laughs> so rock'em, suck'em, robots, you know? You're, you're going to feel a little bit like this, like, ouch, like I just got hit in the head because some of the things that we're going to say today or some of the things I'm going to share with you today are going to stir us up, and, and that's the only way you get unstuck. You don't get unstuck by saying, oh, you're okay and I'm okay. You get unstuck by dealing with facts and dealing with the truth and dealing with where I might be that I shouldn't be and getting, and getting out of it and going forward. Letting go uh, and admitting that you may be stuck and then getting unstuck is what we go, we're trying to do, and that's hard stuff. So I'm going to share some really tough love with us today, and this goes for me too. Things that people that aren't in the church, you know, that, that look at the church are going to be glad that I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like people who don't go to church are like, yeah, those Christians, you know, they need to hear that. You know, those, those people who say one thing and do another, you know, those hypocrites, they need to hear this kind of preaching. But there, there are also things that church people are going to get stirred up about. We're going to get stirred up about them because, because they hurt. And because we have to deal with them. And because we have to just like face some truths. And if it applies to you, then deal with it. If it doesn't, move along, okay? It's no big deal. But if you think about it, like the prophets of old, God's, God's prophets, right? These guys, Hosea and others like Hosea, the prophets of old, they had a tough job. If you think about it, if you read through the prophets and some of the Old Testament, they had to say unpopular things to God's people, right? 
they said some things that were really tough, like the prophets of God. They were messengers. They were like God's mouthpiece to God's people and to the world, the entire world. It was, um, they gave a message of direction. They gave a message of guidance, a, a message of hope, a message of truth. But many times it was a message of rebuke. Right? A message of correction, a call to repent. In fact, you can't read through the prophets without coming across some of those. Let me share a few with you. Jeremiah was a very unpopular prophet. His message was to turn back to God. He said, hear, O earth, I am, I am bringing a disaster on this people, the fruit of their schemes, because they have not listened to my words. That's what Jeremiah said to the people. Not a very popular guy, right? I'm sure they didn't like him for that. Isaiah said this, Hear, O heavens, listen, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I reared children and brought them up, but they have rebelled against me. Isaiah said those words. Ezekiel said this, The end has come. The end has come. The Lord says, I will unleash my anger on you. Those are some heavy words, right? I mean, those, this is God's preachers, God's prophets, God's men who are, who are laying it out because, because we're people. We're human and we wander away and we, we get carried away and we get stuck and we, we, get, we get like hooked on things in this world and we have to get like jarred off of those things. And God sends his people to do that. You know the term turn or burn, right? Turn or burn, you know it, right? Turn or burn. So the military uses this term, right? When those fighter jets come in and they drop their missiles, except it's not turn or burn, it's turn and burn. It's like, get out of there, right? Get out of there before the, the, the bombs start blowing up. Hit the jets and fly. Charles Spurgeon preached a sermon on December the 7th, 1856, out of the book of Psalm, chapter 7, verse 2, that was uh, entitled, turn, turn or Burn. And the passage said, God has a sword, and he will punish men for their iniquity. Turn or burn. I mean, we hear it from the people standing on the corners. You see it on signs, right? People who have uh, well-meaning people who want the world to kind of wake up, and so they hold these signs, turn or burn. Most of what the prophets were called to do were words of warning, words of danger to wake up God's people, to call them, really, to call them, when you boil it all down, to turn or burn. Really, that's the message of the prophets, was either turn back to God or you're going to pay the, the punishment, the consequences. And here's, here's how the people in those days felt about the prophets, right? Stone them. You know why? Because they didn't want to hear it. They didn't like it. They didn't want to hear uh, a message of repent or turn or stop living like you are or, or turn your life over to Christ or, 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 or use your life for the glory of God. I mean, people get stuck doing what they want to do. And it's a hard thing for uh, anyone to have to admit that, I need to, that I'm stuck and that I need to turn back to God. And so uh, Matthew 23, verse 37, Jesus said these words. He said, Oh, Jerusalem, you who... Kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. Right? That's what we do with God's messengers. We stone them because, because we don't like the message. And so what I'm asking you to do today is to hang tough. You know? Hang tough. Uh, 
It's going to get a little painful, right? Letting go is painful. Letting go of things and, and change is painful. It's like, it's like cutting away cancer for a surgeon, right? It's a painful thing to, to cut away, and it hurts. And you may, like, see stars, right? When you get smacked around or when the truth hurts, it, it hurts. But in the end, we're going to be healthier. We'll be healthier as a church. We'll be healthier as individuals, and uh, we'll be better off and ready to move forward with God. So here's what we've seen. We've seen the need. The need is people are lost, right? Right? I mean, people are lost. People are lost, right? Amen? Amen. 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 Thank you. Okay, so people are lost. That's the need. Lost people that God created, that Jesus died for, and they're on a one-way train headed for eternal destruction. Now, we know that. They don't. Most of them don't. Some do. But many people out there just don't really realize where the planet is headed, that it's on a collision course with hell. They don't understand that. Jesus came to give us the truth so that we would know what's going on around us, where the world is headed, where we can be headed with him. And our job is to share that message with the world, right? So we've seen the need and then we've understood the mission. And the mission is simple. Go and share the good news, right? That's the mission. It's real simple. Take the message of what Jesus has done for us on the cross that we can have hope and salvation and forgiveness of our sins and take that message to the world, right? That's simple. It's the need, lost people. It's the mission, the good news. Bring the good news to them. The question is not what. We know what. The question is not when. We know when. And the question is not why. We know why. The question is how. How are we, how are we as a church, how are we as people going to penetrate the world in such a way that we can share the good news with the world? How are we going to do that? Like that's something we need to wrestle with. That's something that every one of us in this room have got to wrestle with. How is God wanting to use me in this world before my days are done? Like that should be the most pressing issue on your heart as you live each day on this earth is, God, how do you want to use me? And figure that out and then begin to do it. Like go do it. Just go do whatever it is God's calling you to do. See, there, there's, it's how are we going to bridge this generation gap? Remember the generation gap that's out there? It's huge between the centennials, those older folks among us, and those new young people among us that are living in a totally different mindset. Right? How are we going to bridge this generation gap between this, this great divide between those of you in this room who grew up very frugal, saving every penny, who knows what it means to use a coat hanger to get better reception? Okay, those of you. You know. You know that. And those of this new generation who have a technology at their disposal that most of us who are older will never understand. How are we going to bridge that gap? That's our challenge. We have, to got, uh, we have got to get unstuck. We have to. We must let go of some of our stuff and some of our ideas or at least admit that you might be stuck and not realize it, and then get, be about the mission. That's what we need to do. It's simple, really. It's really simple. Just Let's just do that. So the psalmist, in Psalm 78, if you've got your Bibles, go there, Psalm 78, he reveals this, this, this simple plan of God's like this. Okay, We're going to look at Psalm 78. Check it out with me. Look what the psalmist writes and he says. 
He says, my people, hear my teaching, listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from of old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors told us. So, so just look at those first few verses right there. He says, things that we have heard and things that we have known or come to know. Why? Why? Because our ancestors told us. Because somebody passed the word on. We're here today because somebody passed the word on to us. We're here because we heard the message. Somebody took the time, cared enough, got out of their own little world, got unstuck, and shared the message, and we heard it. When it comes to the success of the next generation, we, the responsibility falls on us. Okay, it falls on us. Look what he says in verse 4. He goes on to say, we will not hide them, right? The truths of God's word from, our, from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. You see that? That's huge, right? That's, that's the circle of faith that has to happen. The receiving of faith. You received the faith at some point. The living in the faith and the passing the faith forward. It has to happen like that. It has to. So that the next generation will know. So that the next generation of young people and your kids and your grandkids will know the truth of what God has said to the world, what he said to us. And so the question is, is it happening? Are we doing this? And are we doing it very effectively? That's the question we have to deal with. And it's not about, again, it's not about what? It's not about the message. We know the message. It's the truth of God's word. It's not about when, because we know it needs to happen now. And it's not about why, because hell is what's in play. It's about how. How are we going to share the message? And as a church, we've got to figure it out. We've got to figure it out we got to figure out how we're going to bring the message of salvation to the next generation. BCC, the question for us is this. If this church, just, just stay with me for a minute. If this church, like, ceased to be, no longer existed, closed the doors, would anyone notice? Would this community notice? And I don't mean the people who drive by and realize nobody's there anymore. I mean, would, would our impact in the community, at businesses, in the school system, and all the things around us, would they even notice we were gone? That's a sobering thought, isn't it? Well, the psalmist, he goes on, he gives this, he gives the impact, uh, like of the next generation that hear it, that hear the message, you know, and then they come to believe. 
That's, that's the goal. That's what's supposed to happen. So in verse 7, he says, then they would put their trust in God, like if we shared it with the next generation, they would put their trust in God, and they would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. They would, they would not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to him. And so there's like these two groups, right? There's this truth of either we're going to be the people who pass it on to the next generation or we're going to be the people that are referred to as stubborn and cold, right? Stubborn and rebellious. Israel had to make the choice, right? They, they had to choose between wishing they were back in Egypt, safe and secure as slaves, or move forward with God into the promised land. They had to choose, Right? And those words, stubborn and rebellious, stubborn and rebellious, defined that generation, defined those people. You know what's easy? You know what's real easy? Staying stuck is real easy. You don't have to do a thing. Just stay where you are, hold on to your ways. Right here where you are, this comfortable, safe little rut that you've kind of dug for yourself and you're just moving through life. That's easy. But that's not living. That's not living. It's not moving. It's simply existing. It's settling for mediocrity is what it is. It's just settling for ho-hum. Someone once said these words, if safety is my goal in life, then living life is not. You can't do both. You can't stay safe and secure in one spot and move forward with God. It's impossible. Have you ever heard about the cone snail? Anybody ever heard about the cone snail? You've probably seen shells like this. The cone snail. Cool little shell, right? Little snail lives in there. Real smooth, pretty looking thing. Looks really cool. And inside that shell, that hard shell, is a, is a snail living in that shell. And that little snail in that pretty little shell is one of the ocean's deadliest snails. Believe it or not, you can look it up later. It's deadly. And being stung by the cone snail will leave its prey, or leave you, if you picked one up and got stung, in deep trouble. As it pumps over 100 toxins into your body. The sting is so quick that most people don't even know it hit them and then their body begins to shut down, and you're left paralyzed by the sting. Yes, it's true, Jack. It's true. The cone snail. You look it up. Yeah, yeah, don't touch one. You don't have one in your purse, do you? Okay, good. <laughs> Israel wanted to go backward. They wanted to throw in the towel, right? Trade in all the possibilities of what God had for them and their future. Trade all that in for the familiar. That's what they wanted to do. And they had been injected. They had been injected and they were now paralyzed by their ancient ways. Not the truth of God's word, but by their ways. They never knew what hit them. And they were happy to stay in the land of complacency. That's where they were just happy to stay. And the remedy... To being stuck is really simple. Just get unstuck. <laughs> Just get unstuck, right? It's real simple. Getting unstuck. Like breaking free. Being loosened. 
being unbound. Like when Jesus healed all those people, he unloosed their tongue, their ears, their legs, their body, their heart. He just loosened them and he freed them from whatever was holding them back, whatever was binding them. Jesus loosened them so they could move again. Being free to move and to go. Colossians uh, chapter 3 verse 2 says this. Paul writes and he says, set your mind on things above. Not where? Not on earthly things, right? And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is preaching in Matthew 6, and he says these words. Check this out. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on where? On earth, where moths and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where's your heart? Look, where's your heart? Not in your chest. <laughs> where's your spiritual heart, Cole? Where's your spiritual heart, Cole? <laughs> right. Your spiritual is it, is it stuck? Is your heart stuck on the things of this earth? You know, there, there's two things that are at war around us at all times. One is the spirit of the evil one who's wrapped up in the here and the now. Everything that represents the here and the now and the physical, right? And then there's the spirit of God saving us from this corrupt and evil world, leading us forward to, toward our eternal home and glory. And to get stuck on worldly or earthly or the memories of the past is to be paralyzed. To follow Jesus into the future is to be free from that sting where our hope and our efforts are about what's ahead of us, not what's behind us. See, we don't see hope in the things of the past. That's not hope. That's history. Hope is what's out in front of us. It's always what's out in front of us, where we're moving toward. He says, set your heart, Paul said, set your heart and your mind on things above, not on this earth. Jesus said, store up for yourself treasures in heaven, not on this earth. So getting unstuck is going to require that we do a few things. That we look up, that we look ahead, and that we look to Jesus. That's what we do. And we let go and we let God have his way in us. All right, that's what we do. And letting go... Letting go is about getting unstuck. It's about being unstuck. And I hope, I hope that we're, we're wrestling with this in our own life. We're not just sitting around hearing another message about it. I hope we're thinking about this in our own spiritual life as we, as we want and desire to move forward with Jesus in, the, in this year. And, you know, as we move into 2020, I hope what our goal is and our, our desire is that we would move forward with Christ individually and collectively as a church, that we would care enough to do whatever it takes to move forward with the Lord, right? To make decisions that honor Him, no matter what that decision might be. You would think, right? You would think that, um, that the Jews in Jesus' day, you would think that they would have known better, Right? I mean, they had all of the history of their forefathers. You would think they would know better. They had the whole past to learn from, but they didn't. Like, they didn't, and this is the danger, is that we could do the same thing they're doing, or they did. 
their forefathers, what they passed on to them was a tradition of stuckness. And they followed that tradition and became stuck themselves. John chapter 8, Steve shared a little bit from John 8. If you got your Bibles, go there to John chapter 8. Jesus said, and, and Steve said it, he said, if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed, right? Amen? That's right. And we like that. I mean, that sounds so good, doesn't it? I mean, we could say it all day. If the Son set me free, I'm free indeed. Sounds so awesome. It is so awesome, right? Sounds great. The Son has set you free. You will be free indeed. And in John chapter 8, there's a lot going on in John chapter 8. There's a lot of tension going on between Jesus and the Jews, okay? Always tension going on between Jesus and the Jews. And in chapter 8, verse 31, look what the scripture says. It's not going to be on the screen, but just look at your Bibles. Chapter 8, verse 31, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free, right? If you hold to my teachings, if you live them, live them out. Not just know them, but hold to them. Live them out, right? That's what he's talking about. If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants. We have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are ready to kill me, because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in my Father's presence, and you do what you have heard from your Father. Jesus is not afraid to, pull, to, to, to rock him, sock him, robot. You know, He's not afraid to take swings. They say Abraham is our father. And Jesus said, if you are Abraham's children, then you would do the things that Abraham did. As it is, you are determined to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing things your father does. They say, we are not illegitimate, illegitimate children. They protested, the only father we have is God himself. And Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and now am here. I have not come on my own, but he sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? For I am telling you the truth. Why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Those are some tough love words that Jesus has to share, kind of like the prophets, and I'm sure they didn't like what Jesus had to say, right? He just spoke the truth. He just said what needed to be said. He said things like this, hold to my teaching, and that means just to walk in them, right? To remain walking in his teachings. And they quickly forgot that. 
They quickly forgot when Jesus said that you were slaves and they said, we've never been slaves. Yeah, they had been slaves. They've been slaves in Egypt. They've been slaves in Babylon and they've been slaves to the Romans. They've been slaves all of their history. They were slaves because of their rebelliousness. How quickly they forgot that, right? How quickly they forgot that they had wandered away from God and rebelled from him, right? And he's not even talking about these kinds of slavery. He's talking about being slaves to sin, that they are slaves to sin, spiritual slavery. And what's happening is the Jews haven't learned a thing from their ancestors. They haven't learned anything. All they can say is, Abraham is our father, Abraham is our father, and Jesus says, you have a father, all right, but it isn't Abraham. It's not Abraham at all, or you would be like him. And he points right at him and says, your father is the devil. You are children of the devil. (laughs) That's insane. That's intense. Your father is the devil. They are so bent on holding on to their past, they will never move forward with Jesus. They're paralyzed. They've They've been stung. They've been stung. And they're stuck. And they don't want to be unstuck. Moving forward, getting stuck, or getting unstuck, letting go will take effort. It will take risk, it will take courage, and it will take guts. It's easy to stay right where you are. It's real easy. We're going to wrap this up right there. So we've said, we've said um, that we need to turn the page, right? We said we need to turn the page. That doesn't mean what, what's happened in the past doesn't matter. It doesn't mean what's happened in the past. You know, that scrapbook right there is my daughter's. I mean, I can look through that and remember cool things, awesome things. But if I just live there, I'm stuck. I can't live there. I have to move, right? We've got to keep moving. God's not done moving. He's not done with you, right? He's not done growing in your heart. He's not done growing in your life. He's not done doing what he needs to do on this planet before he returns. It's not over. We can't stay stuck. I can't stay in the past. I can't keep living my childish dreams or anyone else's for that matter. And I can't keep hanging on to the stuff of the past and move forward at the same time. It's not going to happen. I've got to make a conscious decision that I am going to move forward with God and I'm going to do new things with him. I'm going to do whatever he wants me to do. You know, whatever it is God wants, that's what we're going to do. That's what I want to do, right? And so you've got these cards. I hope you've got your card. If you didn't bring it, you, you, Grace, this is Grace here. You have till next week, okay? Next week, bring the card back. I've got more here. Get one if you don't have one. But basically, we're talking about letting go. Letting go. That, that, side, that half is, if before we can move forward, we've got to get unstuck. We've got to let go. Not let God, we're, we're going to get to that. We're going to move to that here soon. But we're talking about letting go, letting go. What is it that I need to let go of? What do I need to let go of? So contemplate that, pray about that again this week, and then next week when you come, bring that card, fill it out, write some things down, and we're going to collect those. And some of those, with your permission, I would like to even read what you are letting go of. And then in a few weeks from now, when we talk about letting God, uh, you'll, we're going to write down some more things about what I'm going to do now for God once I've, I get moving again. Here's what I want God.
here's what I want to do for the Lord, or here's where he's calling me, or this is what I think he wants me to do. And so we don't want to rush this. I don't want to move too quickly because I want it to be meaningful and last, you know, and last. But it's going to take some guts. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. We're grateful that you love us, that you came and you died for us, Lord, that you sent your son to this earth for us, that we would have life and have it to the fullest. And that you came to, to set us free. We've read the passage now twice today. That if the Son sets you free, we are free indeed. So why, God, why do we keep going back to bondage? Why do we keep grabbing on to things that don't matter? Why do we keep holding on to stuff that might be good, but is keeping us from moving with you? God, help us to lighten our load. <laughs> Father, remove things out of our life. We pray that you would do that. You would eliminate things that are binding us up and holding us back and hindering us from moving. That we would be loose and free to follow you wherever it is your spirit is leading, like you did the early church, how you moved in them. You did great things in their life because they were unbound, they were free to move. Pray, God, that you would do that in us. Do a mighty work, God. Speak to our hearts. Help us make decisions in these weeks, as we begin to move into this year and this decade that are going to last, that are going to be powerful decisions that are going to, going to change the course of our life for the next 10 years and beyond. God, do something mighty and powerful in us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.